0: to the Chris and Sam podcast, pull up a bar store and join us for a random conversation guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 385 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of random information that you can go tell a friend.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Should should I get this out of the way first of all? I don't know. You're I think it should. So, as you may or may not be aware, mm. I'm a little bit of a news junkie and MSNBC oh, really? and CNN news junkie. So, this week has been WTF all the way. <laughs> so, there's so much of stuff I want to go through. So, I'm going to go through it real quickly so that I can just get it out of my system and good, not bore you. News. All right, okay, so. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so uh, first of all, we got Roe versus Wade. You know, you know what that is, right? That's the abortion law being overturned and stuff. Um, It's holy, holy crap! What is next? So, uh, Clarence, Justice Clarence on the Supreme Court, who is married? He's a black guy, married to a white woman.
0: Okay,
1: um, and she is a Trump super spreader, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and she, Clarence has jumped in and supported her in some of the decisions he's made. Oh, like, okay. we shouldn't make these things available to the public because his wife's on that list oh, and bro. stuff. You know, uh, he's not supposed to. What do they call it? They they step back uh-huh. and they yeah they step back and they recru- recuse themselves. That's the word. They oh, recuse yeah, yeah, yeah. themselves. No, nah, none of that, because um, Supreme Court can do whatever they like. They they, they don't have anybody higher, so they can do whatever they like. So that's bad enough, right? So my question to you is what what's your what's your stance on this whole abortion thing? Just if you don't mind saying it in public.
0: Oh, I well, I think it's a silly. I I don't know why they've made this decision. I don't think there's much good that's gonna come from it.
1: Yeah. Um there's a few arguments I could make. Um, my, my position is that abortion rights are a right and they should have them. Uh, yep. the, one of the arguments is that if you make it illegal, they are still going to do it. They're just going to do it in a more dangerous yeah, fashion.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, people yeah. will die. Yeah.
1: End of story. Like, there's no doubt about that. That's not a hypothetical. It's what has happened in the past. It's what happened in other countries. That's sort of the thing, right? Yes. Um, And so I've got a couple of notes here. I just wanted to say about this specifically. One of them was, when do you think the American refugee problem will become significant, i.e. all the people leaving the United States because it's so effed up over there?
0: They say, yeah, I don't know. Like, they say that, but I don't know what the actual tipping point is because I think for a lot of people, the poverty and the, 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 um, the living is so low that it must be so hard to literally get out of there, let alone, like, must be hard to move states, let alone another country.
1: Yeah, true. And I think it's cultural because I think it's so much cheaper to live elsewhere. Like, if you built up a bit of capital in the States, like you yeah. had a business or something, sell that, move to Panama, move to Thailand, move to somewhere oh, like no, that.
0: Totally, totally. And I think, you know, the. The people that you hear about like on podcasts and all that, this is the top 1%. I think it's the bottom like 50% that this is just so bad.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it, that's absolutely right. They don't have a choice. So if you're in a state where uh, abortion's is illegal and you are, um, you know, you work in a warehouse, whatever, and your daughter is 14, she gets raped and you can't afford to get her out of the state to get an abortion and it's too bad. Deal with it. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: whereas if you're, I don't know, the owner of a company like um, either you have hotels around the country or golf courses or you uh, own a you know tech company or something and your 14 year old daughter gets raped, you're on a private jet to a state that doesn't uh, have these laws and that problem is gone because you can afford to make it go.
0: So you've heard, there's a couple of companies that have come out straight away and said, Hey, we'll help you out. Uh, One of them is Dick's Sporting Goods. I think it was Yeah, $4,000. We'll help you get to a state. We'll help put out uh, you or a family, as long as you're part of their plan and New Zealand created, owned, I guess, all birds have come out and said the same thing. So
1: yeah, I and mean, there's a few other companies as well. I'm sure,
0: I'm sure there is. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure for some of these companies, it's a no brainer, and for other companies, it's like, hey, this is pretty good marketing. Sort of, let's do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I got a couple of other things here. Um, there, there was a congresswoman Miller, I think her name is. I think it's Margaret Miller. I might be wrong there. And she, uh, she got in trouble because after this justice thing came down, you know, uh, overturning Roe v.ersus Wade. She said, "Today is a great day for white lives." In a speech, okay, and um, then her office reached out later and said, "Oh, she she misspoke. She meant to say it's a great day for the right to life, not white lives." But what's interesting about that is that she's previously known for uh, another speech gaffe where she, you know, everybody gave her a hard time because she said, "Well, you know, Hitler was right about some things." <laughs> <laughs> Do you see a trend here? <laughs> uh, so that's 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 Roe versus Wade, which was a big enough thing. But dude, that is ancient history this week, because this week went on to the uh, Cassidy um uh testimony, which I watched all two hours and forty-six minutes of um because you don't Oh yeah,
0: to. no, I read I saw a few little uh, the the highlights of this, I think, like when he tried grabbing the steering wheel. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of colourful pieces and the, the steering wheel thing is interesting. because So she says, this is a testimony effectively. She goes, "Uh, I just got back from the, the six, like she was down on the stage and all that. She just got back. The president got back in the cavalcade before her. She got back, she goes to her office and across the office from her is uh, Tony or Nando, who's like, um, head of um like the the security protocols and stuff yeah and he had uh this guy in the office who was driving trump and the guy looked discombobulated is what she said and and orlando said did you hear what happened she goes no i've just got back what happened she goes you know trump was in here jumped into the uh limo um the beast they call it and um uh, Bill is the driver. Bill says, "Oh, we've, we can't go to uh, Capitol Hill. We've got to go back to the West Wing." And um, Trump says, "I'm the effing president. You take me where I want to go." And he goes, "No, sir. We have to go back. It's not safe." And yeah, that's
0: right. Because their job is to keep the president safe.
1: Yeah. And so Trump lunges for the wheel. This is what she said. This is what they were yeah. telling her. Um, Bill grabbed his wrist and said, "No, sir. Get your hands off. Keep your hands off the wheel. We've got to go thing." And with his free hand, Trump reached for the guy's throat, effectively.
0: I'm amazed, Trump, I'm amazed that he can reach. Like, I thought they'd be barriered off.
1: It's a suburban rather than a limo. So it's a big thing. So I think it's got that wide console between the two seats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But anyway, a little bit like a Hummer at the front, if you've ever seen one of those. Yeah. But anyway, um, the interesting thing is that straight after that, she she says... um, the, the Congresswoman um, Cheney, who's, who's questioning her, says, OK, so those people, that's what you were told in the room. Bill was in the room as Tony was telling you this. Yes. Did he correct you or correct the story or say that wasn't true? No. Subsequently, did either of them come back to you and say, this is not true or, yeah. you know, we made that up or whatever? No. OK. That's her testimony. So now there's the, the Secret Service are basically saying, oh, no, uh, never happened, and we're going to put these guys under oath to say that it never happened.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what is being reported. But I've also seen it being reported. They said, oh, yeah, he was a rate, and this happened, but he didn't lunge for his throat. So, you no. know, you can you can pass that however you want. So they're trying to hit her credibility, no. but she's very credible. Um, but that, that's not surprising, right? He threw plates... Uh, at the wall and he, um, oh, yeah. what, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. And, and this thing. And it's like, none of that's surprising. We already know he, he admits to groping women and he's had 30 credible uh, sexual assault allegations against him. I mean, that's not surprising. What's surprising was that he knew because he was told and there was police radio they played and all this sort of thing that the people coming to the rally were armed. That's right. And they had those magnetometers, mags, whatever they call them, um, you know, metal detectors around the thing. Yes. And some people went through and they passed off their knives, brass knuckles, tasers. These are all things they collected who, oh, God, I'm going to give up my brass knuckles. But people carrying AR-15 are going, I'm not, you're not confiscating my AR-15 or my Glock or whatever. I'll stay on this side of the barrier and listen to him from the the lawn. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he gets upset because the images aren't good enough of his crowd because he wants a big crowd um, and says, no, let them in. Oh, no, they have armed. I don't care if they're armed because they're not here to hurt me. They can come in, and then they can march on the Capitol afterwards. Oh, so, huge. Anyway, so that was, that was all the big news. Um, and, the, yeah, no. I think I've got it out of my system. Yeah, oh, got, I do want to say it. one other thing. Did yeah. you hear about Giuliani being assaulted?
0: Is, I saw a video, and is it literally that guy that just sort of taps him and pushes him a little bit? <laughs> you can tell Chris <laughs> is excited.
1: Learn yeah. On. So this he's in New York. Yeah. He's in New York. I mean, this is context, right? He's, he's, he's talking to a group of people. Yeah, yeah, Some guy sure. comes up behind him, and there's this black and white footage from a like a camera. Security, like, security you know,
0: camera, maybe
1: Yeah, security camera or something. And the guy comes up behind him, smacks him in the middle of the back. Not, It wasn't light, but it wasn't like no, no, anything it was, too bad. no, he smacks no, him no. on the back and goes, what's up, scumbag? And walks off. Oh,
0: is that what he said? <laughs> Apparently, oh, yeah. What's no. awesome. up,
1: scumbag? Which is just New York. It's just the New York thing. And the woman, it must have been significant. It must have shocked him a little.
0: Oh, no. Because the woman next shocking.
1: to him started rubbing his back. Yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah, But what's worse, I saw a, a supercut of him talking about it. And every interview he's had after, it's got worse and worse. Oh, and it's like, he hit me. I took two steps forward. I'm old. Old people die when they fall. He could have killed me. And then it goes, it felt like a shot. I got hit by a boulder. It <laughs> just got worse and worse as he's telling these things. Is so he... he's having an assault, which is yeah. just ridiculous. But anyway. What's up, scumbag?
0: What's up, scumbag? That's <laughs> the uh, title of this episode. Hey, um I was in New Plymouth last week or on the weekend, mm-hmm. celebrating Matariki. And, yeah, and uh, Sherry's
1: birthday. Hope she had a good one.
0: Yes, she did. It was good. We of course obviously when I go traveling, I gotta visit museums. So I only visited three this time, Chris. <laughs> cool. But I went to the T A T A T M.
1: T A T M.
0: The Taran- the Taranaki Aviation Technology and Transport Museum. Tatum. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Any museum I've learned that has technology in it means that it's sheds full of random stuff jammed in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So this this museum uh, is very similar to the Gisborne t- uh, Technology Museum, but uh, smaller. But we turned up. There's a building that you go into. There's two old guys.
1: I, I, I want to interrupt just for a second. Yeah. So Sarah came along with you yeah how does sarah feel about you and your obsession with museums i'm just curious i she just li-
0: she likes visiting the museums with me as well
1: okay all right just checking
0: yeah but we sort of focus on different things so yeah. like i'll be looking at something going oh my god look at this thing and she's wandered off somewhere and i'm like oh damn it come look at this thing so there's that dynamic but we both like checking out these museums cool that's cool which is good because it could be problematic <laughs> if you were. Uh, I drag you along to all these places. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's two guys behind this counter in this old room. They're sitting there and they're like, Oh, hey, um, oh, okay, how's it going? Good. And he goes, Oh, yeah. I so are going to pay with F Pass. He goes, Okay, seven dollars for an adult, two bucks for a kid, that's a pretty good price. He goes, Oh, I'm glad it's F Pass. I don't they didn't give me any money for the float. Just opens the till, it's empty. But at the same time, four more cars turned up on a Saturday morning, and he's like, Oh are you guys all together in a big group? And I was like, nope, not at all. He goes, oh, this might be the most people he's ever had to deal with at once. <laughs> <laughs> so so, mu- so much so, they've forgotten to unlock the door that we need to get out of. So the first old guy goes off. Well, so is it and-
1: like a one way through the museum type thing?
0: Well, museum's a loose term. So we're in one building and we have to go out this other door, basically. And then we go into a bunch of sheds. They all have their they're all like in a row, but they've got individual doors and some of them you can go through.
1: But the A T A T M T S tin shed at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the guy can't open the door. So he wanders off and then the other guy's trying to serve people and he's like, Oh, oh, I've got my keys with me. I think it's one of these keys. But they don't know what key it is. You've got twenty keys. Hang on. Anyway, eventually gets there. Uh one of the cool things is they have a working telephone telephone exchange. In one of the buildings, oh, wow. so they have rotary phones and push button phones in every area with a um, index, and you can ring ring any of these other places. Oh, that's uh, which pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, and then but he says, "Oh, we've got." He points over to the shed, which looks like it could be an old prison building. If you've seen one of them, yeah. And he goes, "Oh, that's the." uh I think it was like a radio network tower that they got from Bell Block, which is the big industrial area, which must have been used to communicate to the oil rigs. And uh, he goes, if you're all together, I'll open it. Because I'm not allowed the moisture to go in. And it was a wet, damp day. But we're all over the place. So he never opened it. Uh, it bit weird. So, But it, it wasn't working. It was just everything was jammed in there. But anyway, they had heaps of old stuff. And then he goes, oh the very end shed, the door won't open, but there's a side door. So follow me and we'll go in there. Okay. So he goes around, he opens it up and it's their um, nautical themed section, I think. And it's just basically everything ripped out of an old steamboat. The steam steam, uh, engine's there. And he goes, this might be the youngest steam engine in New Zealand. It was built in 1965. And he goes, None of us have got a steam ticket, so we can not We can never get it to work. Oh, okay. Then he wanders off and he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, and the great thing about these museums, when they're old people, they always talk about other people but just use their name with no context. So Steve was here one weekend and it was real fine and he went outside and he fell asleep on the lawn. Then Margaret, from across the road, she came over, woke him up, startled him a lot. What? what is going on old guy? the other the only other
1: <laughs> by the way my name is Steve <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, no I don't know what his name is he just mentioned yeah. No, but I
1: yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he's talking about himself in the oh, probably
0: the only, the only other thing of note that I will mention <laughs> is as you drive into New Plymouth there's a big plant that was a methanex plant that made methanol and it ran for 12 years, apparently. And it's still there. I don't know what it does now, but the original Methanex plant, they made a model, a scale model of this plant. And this museum has been given it because when it closed down, they were like, well, what are we going to do with it? Here you go. And it's massive, absolutely massive. And it was apparently built for the cost of a million dollars, this model. Because the model? Took, yeah, because I'll, I'll send you a photo later. But it took them so long to build. And I said to Sarah, if they built that now, they'd just 3D print every single part and it would cost like, I don't know, 10 grand if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I got this really intricate model. Anyway, uh, real good thing to check out. Had a good time. Saw the uh, light Festival of Lights thing that they had going. Oh, um, cool.
1: You, How many places have Festival of Lights? And you seem to go to all of them.
0: Everybody you, does, Chris, <laughs> because I think there's people that make these things. And then somehow sell them to the council, or hire them out.
1: Yeah, that's so much, yeah. That, that makes be, sense. Uh,
0: that
1: makes sense. Plan. Cool. Um, yeah, actually, a friend of the pod, Carl Hartley, has um, has uh, a three D printer now, and he's always Excellent. playing with things and talking about stuff. Good. So. Good.
0: I think Good it's it's
1: him. an addictive thing, right? Getting those.
0: I think so. I think you're like, oh, okay. I know what I can just make this part.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you can download the files from online, and you can find – like, even if you're not good at designing stuff, you can find really cool designs.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, have you, so uh, you heard the latest with uh, Rocket Labs, their, their moon mission?
0: Yeah, it, but isn't it going to take – what's the time frame? It's going to take forever, eh?
1: So it's launched, right? No, uh, no, t-
0: yeah, yeah, but to get to wherever it's going to go, it's going to take –
1: yeah, it will take a while to get there. I don't actually know. I don't know a lot of the details. I do know that what they're doing is they're putting a micro satellite in a novel orbit of the moon. Mm. So when um when you think when I think of an orbit, I think of a single line going around yeah, yeah, yeah. the planet. Yeah. But this one's sort of in a wave around the planet and then it oh. overlaps. So you've got three yeah. lines that go around, so you get more of a coverage. Oh, and they're okay. going to try this novel orbit. Um, the idea is they're going to put this microsatellite and get it to do that orbit. It'll send whatever data back, but really, it's to prove the orbit will work. This is my understanding. I might be wrong. Um, and it's paving the way for them to build a space station, a decent-sized yes. space station, okay. on that same orbit, and that will be a, a like a staging platform for moon visits. So you're sending astronauts to the. The uh, orbiting satellite, and then you've got the up and down, you know, getting yeah. to terrestrial or moon surface or whatever. Oh. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool. But it's 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 pretty cool. You, if you had told me, I was going to say ten years ago, but even five years ago, that Rocket Labs would be doing this stuff, I would have been very sceptical.
0: No, so no, well like done, good,
1: well done. Rocket hey, t-
0: talking about space and NASA, sort of. Uh, if I said. Uh, do you know what the company 8360 is? Would you know what that is?
1: No, it sounds like a band.
0: <laughs> it does, it does actually. So it's the word 8 and then 360. And they've built this thing called Nova. And this Lower Hut engineer started a virtual vehicle in a leaky garage uh, in Lower Hut. His name's Terry Miller. It's a motion simulator platform. You're strapped into a giant sphere, like a metal sphere. Uh, And it can rotate 360 degrees in all directions. So the cradle spins it. Yep. Yep. You wear a VR headset in the unit, and he's got the New Zealand Defence Force are using it for rollover avoidance training. So they're pretending they're driving a vehicle on steep inclines and so they don't die. (laughs) So that's good. Uh, The New Zealand Navy also use it. Apparently, according to this Miller guy, They've got a complicated training routine that they can only do once a year, but only if the conditions are correct. It costs a bajillion dollars, according (laughs) to him. But uh, his little simulator can uh, help them with that. But NASA wants to come to New Zealand to check it out because it's so freaking cheap compared to alternatives. Uh, COVID sucked them up like they couldn't travel to New Zealand when they wanted to. You can even download Steam games, Chris. I
1: was going to say, because there's a... With the Oculus, which you had to yeah. go with, there's a game called um, Echo VR, and it's um, it's it's like you're playing uh, in a weightless environment. It's a oh, ball right. game, so there's uh, was it five side, six side teams, yeah. And you're throwing this like frisbee through through this thing, but um, I, I, I the first time I played it, I didn't have much space. I, I hadn't made the space, and I was sitting down, and it's okay. Yeah. The second time, I'm standing up, but in a weightless environment where you're spinning and tumbling over, it's too easy to fall over. And I was thinking, what I need is exactly what this guy's got by the sounds of it.
0: Yeah. So this guy, um, the the whole system's portable. You can just pick it up, put it on the back of a truck. Oh, wow. This thing only costs $360,000. There's a NH-60 naval helicopter simulator that sold for about $40 million. And it wasn't portable. And they're building the eighth one right now. And he goes, it started off with an idea of building an awesome piece of technology. And if nothing else, what we've shown is that you can start it in a leaky garage in the hut with no money and not really an idea of what you're doing. And you end up standing on the world stage with a piece of technology that no one's ever seen before. Uh, I wonder if he's underpriced this. Like, I'm sure. I that, think
1: by the sounds of it, he has.
0: But the concept seems relatively simple to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just rotates the ball. There's a video on that story, and he's in it, and you can just see it rotating in whatever way he's going. Oh, just
1: on. looking at the photo, I can sort of see how yeah, it would yeah, work.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty cool.
1: Hey, um, just sticking with space and technology. Yes. Um, did you hear? A bit, do you remember Windows 98? Uh,
0: yeah, I think we're still running Windows 98 at work. Really? Uh, it, on some of the equipment. Yep.
1: That's yeah. So <laughs> that that's you know couple of decades old plus You're um, probably
0: there at the launch camped out overnight
1: no but the mars probe yes. uh, has finally received software update from windows 98 after two decades
0: oh wow that's cool yeah yeah I wonder what but, it needed though because it's not like connected to the internet well it or communications uh, yeah
1: I, I'll, I'll read a couple of things here so oh, yeah. um the mars express spacecraft has received its first update to its windows 98 based system in 19 years so it's first update it's had in 19 years mission was first launched to discover signs of liquid water on mars including a suspected lake of salt water buried under 100 uh, 1.5 kilometers of ice okay yeah um so anyway um the upgrade will enable the spacecraft to view mars and its moon phobos with better levels of detail oh that's most of it and and some stuff with uh subsurface and ion ionospheric sounding yeah anyway um so yeah anyway, i thought that was funny and um because you always think of space as cutting edge and of course windows 98 was cutting edge at one time <laughs>
0: that's right
1: <laughs> yeah that's right. so no, anyway i thought that was interesting
0: you can pick from one of these stories and i'll tell you all about it fat,
1: fat, ba- fat bastard pies just leaps oh, is out that at the me. one
0: you want your fat bastard pies yeah okay so this bakery in Invercargill, of all places, have been um, making really good pies, apparently. They started six years ago, and they were making 350 pies a day. They're currently making around about 1,000 now a day. And the the word is spread so much so that Air New Zealand um, flight attendants are telling people, you must go and eat one of these pies when you land in Invercargill. It's amazing. And these people are jumping in a taxi and just turning up at this bakery, to eat a Pie, because if you're from outside of New Zealand, we love a pie. <laughs> like, there's so many people selling pies here; it's mental. Because you you get that from um, overseas. People get a bit confused with some of the pie thing, eh? Like, yeah, yeah,
1: and, and we there was one place in Wellington that did amazing pies yeah. that weren't meat, because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, eat yeah. meat. No, no. So um, it was like a what do we call it? Like a bakery factory, but it delivered to all sorts of different bakeries.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Olive and egg pie.
0: They were awesome. Okay. So this crowd, fat bastard pies, they're like, well, we can't open stores everywhere. So we're going to send them around the country as a subscription service. Nice. So you're going to get eight chilled, fresh pies every month, anywhere in the country. They predict they're going to be making about 5,000 pies a day. once they. Get up and running. They've got 3,000 people on the waiting list for the subscription service already, but there's no pricing released yet. So we don't know how much it's going to cost, but uh, they're gearing up and they're going to end up with like, I think they're going from nine workers to 15, I think is what they're predicting.
1: Good stuff. I, like so I don't that.
0: know. They didn't mention what the flavors were, they didn't mention the price. Um, so I don't know.
1: All right. I'm going to read you something out. This is, this is, uh, in the area of uh, WTF story. So I'm just going to start reading you this from the Tribune News Service.
0: Yes.
1: Joseph Fuchek, a white Miami man who pointed a gun at a black homeowner and hurled a racial assault, uh, a racial slur, has pleaded guilty, accepted probation, and will have to complete the usual array of conditions such as mental health counselling, substance substance abuse treatment, and staying away from the victim. But there is one unusual requirement. He's banned from pretending to be a military man. Fuchek, 60, had for years been posing as a former police SWAT leader and naval SEAL, donning a bogus military uniform, bragging about his supposed war medals for valour, even getting free drinks. Damn right, I carry a gun, cause I'm a thirty-five-year former Navy SEAL. Go look at my purple heart," he yelled during the June what? 2020 incident.
0: What is he really then? Just <laughs> nothing.
1: He's it an seems, American.
0: <laughs> it seems that you can just make up something, and they all just go along with it. It's very similar to Tropic Thunder with the guy with the claws for hands, <laughs> and then they fall out. Uh, Four Clover, Clover, Four Clover, whatever his name was. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. I it's crazy. I, it just makes me laugh, right? But it's, it's if you if you believe it and you um freaking what's the word you know act the way you know just fully embody that. Yeah, you seem to be able to get away with pretty much anything.
0: That's but, right. Now you've got a thing here that you want to bring up at the end. Yeah, it's a couple of letters between friends.
1: I, I thought this was funny. And that's why I thought I'd leave it to the end because it's quite amusing. So um, I'm going to read some of the story and which leads to it. So it's easily done. Another city, another arena, another sea of faces. So when you're, yeah, we're talking about rock bands on stage. Yeah. Of course, they all merge into one another after a while. That's Thanks. why when Guns N' Roses headed to the stage of the Melbourne Cricket Ground in Australia in February 2017, yeah. you could forgive the guitar tech, McBob, whose job it is to announce the band every night, for greeting the crowd with a, Hello, Sydney! Oh, okay. <laughs> and the boos ring out loud and long. Yeah. Now KISS has joined the geographically inaccurate club and they upped the stakes considerably. So if you get the link on on where I am, um, seeing G- um, they've they've seen GNRs at 900 kilometre mistake and raised it to something close to 14,000. So at the end of the band set at the Stadthalle in Vienna in the weekend, the production people did what they normally did. They flashed up Kiss on the screens. Um, we love you, Vienna. Um, with the band's logo against an Austrian flag, except they used an Australian flag.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so there's a done. tweet,
1: a photo of a tweet, and it's, yeah, it's pretty sad. Uh, Kiss loves you, Vienna, and Kiss has like got the flag in it.
0: Yeah, and- yeah, uh, yeah. I, I saw that pop up. Uh, there's a really good Facebook group called AV Disasters. Audiovisual disasters, uh, if you want to see some stuff. And they were talking about that. They were like, Oh, okay, blame the tech.
1: <laughs> I just tickled me that one. Because there's you know, what's a couple of letters between friends? Austria, Austria Australia,
0: meh. Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, as long as the show was good, I mean you can't complain. Yeah,
1: about. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can't blame the band because
0: no, they're no, not they, running the A V. They, they have no idea what's going on. They're on autopilot almost, I think. Yeah,
1: well, they they've got their job to do. That's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: so that's that's all I have. I I to be honest, I'm wondering if they just they've got a list of like files for the for the graphic, and it was just a misclick. Yeah, they, so they, they would be lot. right next to each other. Also, yeah, uh, they're. Um,
1: yeah alphabetical order they'll be yeah. right next to each other you're right you're right
0: exactly well that brings us to the end of the podcast another week of randoms technology and life for your listening pleasure oh a quick shout out to jeremy house number one podcast fan he has upped his patreon so he Woo-hoo. thanks very good jeremy. things must be going good for him um, <laughs> thanks for Not that. For us <laughs> that uh that helps us out with some of the podcast hosting um yeah cool okay, all right Till next time i'm sam i'm chris See ya.
1: Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.